welcome to this Multipeer podcast. We couldn't let the month go by without talking a little bit about our NSF certification of Multipeer products and why NSF certification is so important and how it helps you and your customers differentiate products and water filtration products and how they can be uh, compared to each other. So we've decided to go straight to the source for today's podcast. We are talking to Stefan Buck. He is from NSF. He's the general manager of Global Drinking Water Treatment Units for NSF International. So Stefan, thank you for joining us for today's podcast. Benton, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here today and uh, share what information you and your listeners might find valuable. All right. Well, we, we really appreciate it. So out of the gate here, tell us a little bit about NSF International and what NSF does. Yeah, it's a great question. So NSF International is a public health and safety company. We're a nonprofit organization that has been in this industry and in this business for just over 75 years now. We were founded back in 1944 through the uh, Public School of Health, the University of Michigan. We are based in Ann Arbor, and we started in the food industry primarily. Uh, back then, just after World War II, folks were kind of looking for, you know, people were going out to restaurants a lot, and they were trying to find some kind of standardization on performance and quality for um soda beverage machines and, and food safety. And so a number of sanitarians came together and developed this nonprofit organization and came out with the first standard. Over time, NSF, NSF International, which I should note back then was called the National Sanitation Foundation, has grown bigger and bigger and become more global. Hence, we're now international and we've gone into other industries, specifically drinking water, uh, which we'll talk about today. So just to clear things up, and I get this question a lot, NSF doesn't really stand for anything anymore. It's just NSF International. That's correct. We get confused with a number of acronyms out there, uh, <laughs> but we are strictly now just NSF International. So that is that is a good question. Yes. <laughs> okay. How about yourself? How long have you been with NSF and, uh, and, and what do you do for them? I know I gave them your title, but it's kind of a long title. Sure, sure. Yeah, I've been, uh, been with NSF now almost nine years. Always been uh, in the water filtration division here. You know, my background is from environmental sciences and management, so I've always had some sort of connection with with the earth in one way or another, and drinking water really personifies that. So my my title, as you mentioned, general manager, so essentially I'm in charge of the business operations of our certification program. So NSF itself kind of has a couple of branches within it. Um, one is standards development. Another one is certification. Um, so we will test, you know, manufacturers' products such as multi-peers, to the standards that have been developed in order to ensure they meet that criteria. And so my role is to kind of make that smooth transition for clients to come through the door, understand what their products are being tested against, why it's important, uh, go through that testing process, and then come out at the end of the day with a certification to prove the quality of the product and that the fact that they meet the, the criteria of the standards they're looking for. So to put it in terms of for our multi-peer customers and builders, when multi-peer either wants to start the recertification process or the or the or redo the, the five-year cycle or uh, add a new uh, contaminant listing to our to our certification, we contact your team. Is that is that how it works? Yeah, that's correct. So we essentially will monitor all aspects of your production, essentially, to ensure that whatever you're using in the manufacturing of your product uh, meets the health criteria of the standards. 
Uh, we'll do that review, make sure it's good. If we need to do some testing, if you want to add a claim, like you mentioned, we'll do the testing. And I'll mention that we'll do what we do all that testing in-house in Ann Arbor. We have a giant laboratory where we can actually do the testing. So it doesn't go anywhere else, right? We have the product, we see it, we test it. We make sure it meets the standard criteria, the new pass-fail. Um, and, and all that is set by EPA regulations or Health Canada regulations. We always look for the most conservative to ensure that your products are safe for consumers to use. And then we take, we handle all that for you. And at the same time, in order to make sure that you're also doing your job correctly, we're auditing your manufacturing facilities. So your products, you know, over time, if you decide to make changes, we make sure that those changes are good for, for the product and they're still safe for consumers to, to, to use. So ultimately, I mean, and, and there's a lot to unpack in what, you, in what you're just talking about, but one thing with, with what you're just finally saying, ultimately NSF is there to protect the consumer, even though even though we're the ones paying for the certification, what your job is actually is is to be on the consumer side to make sure what we make is consistent and accurate and and living up to the claims that we're making. You got it. Our mission at NSF is always to ensure the safety for of public health and of consumers. And so our goal is to ensure that we provide the verification for you to share with your consumers and for you to know that your product meets all the safety criteria it needs to so that your consumers can have a trusted, safe product to use at home. I think that's really kind of the bottom line of all of this, of why certification is important. It's it's important to protect the consumer. I want to go back to also something you just mentioned about uh, developing standards. You, you mentioned EPA and other regulatory bodies in there. How is it that NSF, I, I guess you explained this a little bit in the history of, of the organization, but NSF is now kind of the, they're, they're the sole source of developing standards for the entire industry, even though there are now a handful of other organizations out there that will test and certify, they test and certify to the standards that NSF and ANSI developed, right? That's correct. Yeah. NSF, so our first standard, which is standard 42 from the drinking water perspective, was first published in 1973. So we, we've we been in this business for, you know, over 45 years. Um, at the time, you know, NSF was already known from a food safety perspective. So EPA was familiar, FDA was familiar with who we were, and they ended up diving down this path of developing standards for drinking water. And so NSF today is considered the secretariat. We hold the management and the maintenance of those standards through our organization. That being said, it's important to note that we're not the ones that make all the decisions as to what goes in the standard and what comes out of the standard, nor are we the only ones that have you know, authoritarian rule as to what gets certified versus what doesn't. So we have what we call a joint committee, which you know, we're gonna use a lot of big names here and big terms out here, but at the end of the day, <laughs> It's a group of people, about 30 people, that represent different areas of interest of the industry. So we have regulators, such as uh, members of the EPA and also from various state health regulation authorities. We have users, such as uh, yourself, manufacturers. And then we also have the manufacturers as well, I should say. Those are the three bodies. And we try to keep those balanced groups in terms of user types. And every person, every member of that committee has one vote for the changes that get made to the standards. NSF represents only one of those 30 votes. So the whole NSF ANSI consensus process is intact, right? We need at least you know, 75% of approval for any change to happen. And so all the folks on the committee uh, really make sure that the changes that are made are in the benefit of, of not only the standard, but as also for the consumer and for the end user to ensure that nothing 
nothing is being made to the standard that might cause any health effects or, or, or issues down the road. So let's kind of use a real world example then for this, for how the Joint Committee works with, with helping develop standards. So one of the most recent additions to uh, certification standards was a standard for microplastics, reduction of microplastics under, it's under 401, right? Right. Yep. So how did that, just kind of walk us through the process of how that came to be a standard. Sure, that's a great example. So a couple of years ago, you know, microplastics were really big in, in the news and the media. It's kind of going all, all over the world. Um, there was just you know, a couple studies that come out. They're like, you know, we'd be worried about this. What's going on? Where is this coming from? And so based off of essentially consumer requests that funnel up through the manufacturers, those, those ideas and those issues come forth towards the, the committee. And so we had a member of the committee bring forth this, hey, you know, we have an issue with microplastics that's kind of going around. How can our standards benefit consumers so that they feel more protected about the water that they drink? So the, the issue came up, a task group got put together of a, of a handful of people to start researching, you know, what can we do from a standards perspective in order to offer this sense of protection for consumers? And so that group, you know, just like the committee consists of various various groups of, of industry members, regulatory, et cetera. And they came together, we researched, you know, the different regulations globally that there were out there. Definitions was a big one. You know, how do you define what a microplastic actually is? Yeah. And not only from a water perspective, but there's definitions for food uh, as well. So we kind of gathered all the information together to identify you know, what can we use for this standard? Because there really wasn't a set one yet for water. And once we agreed upon that, the next step was to develop a test procedure. And based on what a microplastic is, you know, a physical piece of plastic of a certain size, we had identified a test that could be used in which products could demonstrate compliance to the reduction of that contaminant, to the reduction of microplastics. Once that was identified, it got sent to the Joint Committee as a whole to vote and determine if that was suitable. And once they approved it, it then got entered into Standard 401, which we just recently published in December of last year. And so now we're starting to see claims for that particular reduction on our on products and on the website as well. So it's great to see that happening. Just going to put you on the spot here. Do you know what the vote was? Was it unanimous <laughs> adopting? I think it was standard? unanimous on that okay. one. That was, that was a clear <laughs> vote through. So it clearly it was an important topic. It still is. It's likely a little bit less in the news than it used to be, but it's it's an ongoing it's not it's a topic that really hasn't gone away and it's just always going to be there so it's good to have the option of having that in the standard for sure yeah we get asked about it all the time so we're we're definitely glad that the standard exists and this is something else interesting that I want to talk about and, and we're taking a little bit of a turn here, but standard 401, which is a, a relatively new kind of category for NSF, I don't know what five, six years maybe. Yeah, it's about that, yeah. But this was interesting to me, having been in the industry now almost 20 years, to see this category come up because this gives NSF kind of more latitude in developing a standard, even though there haven't been negative health effects yet you know, agreed upon, you know, whether that's happening. It's like NSF has this, you now have this tool that you can respond to consumer concerns without determining whether this is bad for you or not, I guess. Yeah, that's exactly that right. Well. And that's, that's really how the standard came to fruition uh, back in, I think it was 2014 or 15 when it first got published. At the time, the issues that were being surround, being uh, passed through the media were of pharmaceutical compounds in the drinking water, 
uh, you know, people flushing all the pills down the toilets. They don't know what to do to get rid of them. And that showing up in the municipal drinking water that people were, were getting out of their taps. And so when NSF and the Joint Committee at that time started investigating the topic, they realized that, you know, these compounds, they don't necessarily have a health effects level yet determined. So toxicologists at the EPA and NSF and, and other, other areas, you know, we couldn't label them as a health risk. But the current standards that we have um, and that also multi-pure products have are standard 42 and standard 53. Both of those are standards that have specific claims within them based on the scope of them. One is for aesthetic uh, claims. So, you know, how does my water look? How does it taste? You know, what compounds affect that? The other standard 53 are health-based effects. So lead reduction or asbestos or mercury, those don't necessarily affect the, the aesthetic aspect of the water, but they have a direct health impact based on toxicological data out there. Now, these new ones, we didn't have that for, so we couldn't bucket them in either of those two standards. So NSF was able to develop this new one. And like you said, it does open the door to allow us to include more upcoming issues that may not fit in those other two you know, legacy standards, as we can call them. And so now we are able to add microplastics and hopefully down the road, we'll be able to add more claims that are more consumer focused. You know, what are people really worried about? And the only way for us to actually do that, though, is for consumers to really come to manufacturers like yourself, you know, and bring that that need, that want. And then that can then trickle up to us. And then those investigations can start. And then we can start adding those other claims to that particular product that will then make it make consumers more, you know, feel better about the water that they're drinking. Yeah, you know, it's a great tool for consumers to, I guess, set their mind at ease or find something that will set their mind at ease uh, if they have a concern. So uh, uh, anything uh, new coming up to Joint Committee uh, that, that you can reveal here? Uh, with <laughs> I, I know that the WQA convention is coming up here in a couple of weeks, and I'm sure you're meeting Joint Committee's meeting there. But uh, any anything coming up? Uh, that, that you well, know. yeah, so so it's a good question. So, yeah, we do have the trade show coming up. We're excited to be there, excited to get everyone back together again. You know, uh, last year was still a little bit uneasy with, with, with everyone, but hopefully this will be a successful get-together. But we recently have published almost all of our drinking water standards within the last two months or so. So there are a couple of new claims that are available for products to get. Microplastics is clearly one, one of them. Another one is 123-TCP, which is a, a oh. compound that's been... Uh, really problematic, I'll say, in, in California. California, now, yeah. For us. So that's now been included into the standard as an option. Um, and we also have nitrosamines reduction as an available claim as well. So okay. we have a couple of new ones that have come out. Clearly, the hot topic items these days that we hear a lot about are, are still lead. Clearly, we still have that in there. And also PFOS chemicals. Now, PFOS chemicals are already in the standard, but the Joint Committee and the, and the task group looking at those is really looking to expand the scope of those compounds. You know, right now we just have two and there are thousands out there in that particular family, but we're looking to add about six more, I believe, and uh, and hoping to see that towards the end of the year into the standard. So that'll be really exciting to be able to further prove the benefit and the effectiveness of household water filters for, you know, such major issues uh, such as PFAS. That brings up a, an interesting question here, and I am not a chemist. I'm the furthest possible thing from a chemist. <laughs> but is it would it be possible at, at any time for 
perfluorinated or polyfluorinated chemicals to have like some kind of a surrogate, I guess, that would that would offer more of kind of a, a, a blanket uh, certification, you know, because I don't know if these chemicals, if, if they behave similarly when they're you know going through the filtration process, is, is that a possibility or, or are we going to just stick with specific compounds within that within that category of per and polyfluorinated chemicals? Yeah, that's an excellent question. I, I myself am not exactly a chemist either, and this is not my realm of expertise. However, okay. I will say that I do know there are there are different, there are considered short chain compounds and long chain compounds in this family. And each one will behave a little bit differently when it comes to how a filter can effectively reduce it from the water. And so the goal, the goal for most stall reduction claims in our standards, really when we when we look at it. The goal is not to encourage more testing. The goal is to find, you know, what can we do effectively for products when they need to get these types of claims. So we do look for surrogates for sure. And when it comes to the PFOS compounds, it's a matter of a finding out which ones are most are found the most. You know, what's the most occurrence of those compounds in in the water water supply chain? Because you want to target ones where they're commonly found kind of across the board. It makes it more effective to to, to develop test methods for them. And then the second step, like you said, is find a surrogate, right? Can we test one that will, if we, if the product can filter that out, we know it'll filter all the other ones out as well, right? And so we have something similar for uh, volatile organic compounds, right? We can do a VOC test that, well, if you can do this one, we know you can do these other 50 as well. So ultimately, we want to get to that point where we can finalize, you know, a couple of compounds, and then that provides more security for everyone when they're drinking their water and try to get get rid of that compound out of their water. Nice. Okay. Well, thank you for uh, demystifying the uh, joint committee and and uh, how, how some of the standards are developed here. That's that's really great. So let's get back to the certification process here a little bit. You've, you've touched on this previously over the past few minutes, but can you give us specifically the criteria, and let's use standard 53, because I sure. think that that's probably in, in multi-peers range of certifications where our products are certified under four different standards right mm -hmm. now but but 53 is definitely the most extensive of those so can you tell us a little bit about the different criteria because it's more than just testing if the filter is going to is going to effectively reduce you know x contaminant that's correct yeah there's there's a number of tests that we look at or that we evaluate to ensure your product meets not only the standard but also consumers needs so one of those so first of all when we get a product from Multipure, for example, you know, NSF will request a number of bits of information, such as, you know, what are all the materials that you use to make the, the product with and who you get them from. So we will get a list of all of that. We will then evaluate it to determine what we need to look for when we do a material safety test. And so this is really the first step of your certification process. We are trying, during this test, we are trying to leach compounds out of your materials to ensure that whatever it's made out of doesn't in, uh, negatively affect the drinking water that is being filtered through. And, so, and how do you do that? I'm sorry to interrupt, but how do you do that? How do you how do you try to leach stuff out? So yeah, it's a great question. Ultimately, it's a soaking test. Um, we'll take your product, we'll fill it with test water, soak it for 24 hours, take a sample of that water, and then repeat that process for three days straight. And then once we have water from each of those days, we will analyze that drinking water and then analyze it for whatever we're looking for in it. And 
if it passes that test, you're already one third of the way through of your certification process. It's a pretty big test because we look for hundreds of compounds within it. So I've seen the list. It's uh, yeah, it, the it, test report can be pretty long. Yeah. <laughs> so that's really the first step. The second test is like many of Multipure's products, they're pressurized, right? They're connected to the household um, water system in one way or another. So we will do pressure tests on them to ensure that if they ever see a pressure that far exceeds what they what you would normally see in a household, we're talking 300 psi, which most household pressure is probably around 60, or at least you shoot for 60 to 80. Uh, so we will test it up to about 300 psi, you know, at, at consistent pressure and also at a cyclic pressure. So we'll cycle things on and off, and we just do that to ensure that there's no cracks, leaks, or breakages in the product. So when the consumer has that at home. If they go on vacation or whatever, they can feel safe that if there's ever a spike in the main pressure, some some reason, you know, this product's not going to break or crack. So we do that test, and then and the, and the and the cycle testing that's to mimic use, right? Everyday use of turning it on and off and on and off because that changes the pressure yes, within the exactly. system. Yeah, we will take it from zero to 150 psi within a few seconds, um, and we will do it about a hundred thousand times. Wow. So it's quite a lot, and keep in mind. When we do these tests, these are worst case scenario tests because we're doing this in the space of three, four days. Your product's gonna do that over its lifetime, right? right? So these are being tested at extreme measures in order to ensure they're built with quality. So we had those two tests uh, done. And then the third one is any contaminant reduction test you, you would like to have. And that, so in standard 53, we're looking at lead reduction, mercury, chromium, and you know, whatever, there's a number of, of options to choose from. And once you have passing results for all three of those tests, you're basically almost there. You're you're 85% of the way there. NSF also audits your manufacturing facility, right? We want to make sure that you know you're not changing the materials of your products without us knowing. And those audits are unannounced, so it provides that degree of safety from a uh, from a consumer perspective, knowing that you know as a manufacturer, everything you're saying associated with your certification is 100% legitimate, right? Everything is is done and it's been done by somebody other than you, which I think is critical. There's lots of products out there that make claims that they make themselves. But as a consumer, how do you feel safe knowing that you're buying a product from this manufacturer and they're saying this, but they have no third party uh, information to back it up. Right. And so that's what NSF provides, right? It's that third party verification that yes, we tested it, we don't make the product, but it does pass the standards and now, now you're good. So going back to the contaminant reduction test, NSF doesn't just test the first gallon of water that comes through the filter, right? That's correct, right? So we test the entire life of, of the product. So if you have a, a product that says it can treat a thousand gallons, we've done exactly that. And in many cases for claims under standard 53, which are health claims, we go above and beyond. We want the, the, the standard itself builds in a little bit of buffer in order to ensure that the consumer is always getting treated water throughout its its lifetime. So let's say, for example, your product is good for a thousand gallons and certified for it. We've tested it probably more. And the reason for it is to give consumers time to buy a new filter and replace it. Because as we all know, we're, no one's ever perfect in the realm of uh, replacing your filter, <laughs> which is critical to performance. But that's why we do that, right? They build a little bit of time frame in there so you can order a new one, install it, flush it, and then you're good to go moving forward. I know if all if all of Multipure's customers change their filters out on time, man, oh man, <laughs> I don't know if we could answer the phone fast enough here. We would love for that to happen. But an ongoing theme here, Stefan, that I'm seeing is it all comes back to 
the consumer, and I, and I keep saying this throughout this podcast, but you're doing material safety tests again. So the consumer knows that what they're using is not only going to help take contaminants out, but it's not going to add anything bad to the water. Structural integrity tests. Again, I think you mentioned it. You leave for a week on vacation or something. You want to have that assurance that what's sitting under your sink is not going to spring a leak. And, and you know, right. NSF has done their best to develop a standard for that. And then, of course, contaminant reduction not only does the first gallon work, not only does the filter work for the first gallon, but it works for the whatever the manufacturer's capacity, you know, for our, our Aquaverse stuff. It works at the 750th gallon as well. And beyond that, for folks that might be uh, a little bit behind on, on replacing their filters. Correct, correct. So that leads me to another question about other products that claim to have tested their their product to NSF standards. One in particular, and I'm not going to name names, but one in particular has a, this huge list of contaminants that they have sent their filters into a laboratory to test for. But if you read the fine print, the, the lab procedure, I don't know what you call it, but they only actually tested for a liter of water or two liters or five liters of water. And yet they make a claim of, of thousands of gallons. Mm -hmm. uh, so to me, that's the, that's the, the first red flag because they haven't even mentioned things like structural integrity and material safety. Can you comment on that at all? Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, the purpose of the certification is consumer awareness uh, and, and satisfaction of the product that they're buying, right? So MultiPure, for example, is, is making the investment in the certification to prove to their clients and their consumers that it's gone through this rigorous testing and it meets a specific standard of, of safety and quality for its own product. When you start buying products that are not certified, that don't have any sort of seal to verify its its performance or its safety, you start entering, you know, waters that are kind of just unsure, right? Uncertain. And that becomes a bit of a challenge as a consumer to, to really understand do you how, how much do you trust this? How much do you trust this manufacturer? The purpose of the third-party evaluation is that it builds in that extra step of trust and, and, and verification uh, so that you know for sure that this is a safe product for use to use at home. The standards themselves are public. So anyone is able to test to NSF ANSI 53. You can go online, you can buy the standard if you own a lab, and you can test to it. It does not mean that you can actually certify products to it, though. Yeah. So there are people, there are you know folks that could say, yeah, it's tested in accordance to the standard. It doesn't necessarily mean though that it's a certified product and who's there to verify that they met all the actual steps of that particular that particular process. NSF as a certifying organization, we are accredited by ANSI, CSA, other agencies that they audit us. So we also get audited to make sure that we are following the certification process correctly and that our laboratories are following the test procedures correctly. So everyone's getting audited to make sure that everything is in, in conformance. So as a consumer, I always recommend if you're going to if you're looking for a water filtration system, look for a certified water filtration system. It takes away so many questions of uh, uncertainty and unease out of the out of the picture. And you can go to our website and look for products, MultiPure. You have all the all those products are certified, so you can go and and you can verify that on the websites. So that's what we always strive for. And it's not just MultiPure who's getting the certification. I mean, you you literally have hundreds, thousands of clients, right? Yeah, we have clients all over the world. You know, we have offices all over the world as well. And it's, you know, NSF, the ANSI standards are primarily a North American based standard, but they are 
respected globally. So we have clients in Europe, in Asia, uh, South America, everywhere, and they all get tested to the same same standard everywhere. So, and I think looking at the numbers on the on NSF's website, I think I've seen something like fifteen or sixteen thousand different products listed uh, under a variety of standards, obviously, but in the in the uh, water treatment or, or water filtration kind of correct world. yeah so. yeah yeah and it increases every year which is great to see um and th and that's just water filtration you know we also have you know our certifications actually evaluate products from the municipal treatment plant all the way to the home all the pipes and everything in your house as well all have certifications and so actually in going I, just going back a, a a second to you know the importance of the certification you know one thing we see a lot or is increasing is counterfeit products and so that's something that is, you know, especially with the increase in online purchasing and online websites, we, you see that everywhere. And it's something to be aware of as a consumer because counterfeit products, not only are they falsely claiming uh, a certification, but they, they've just never been down the process entirely. We have no idea what's going on there. So, you know, I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up. You know, we in particular, we're, we're very sensitive to this. You know, there are counterfeits of, of our most popular filter, our CB6 filter for the uh, for the multi-peer MP750. And this is, you know, this has been a constant concern for us and, and always a little, well, I guess not so baffling, but, you know, let's be honest, a multi, you probably don't know this, but a multi-peer system is not the least expensive option on the market. We, we're definitely a premium product and we feel the price is justified because we offer premium performance in terms of certified performance. And it always baffles me that a consumer will spend a significant amount of money on a multipure and then a year later go and, and buy a bargain basement cheap knockoff filter just because it's less expensive than the genuine thing. And and they're really doing themselves a disservice there, right? Because they, they, they don't really know what's in that filter. 100%. We, you know, we work with uh, U.S. Customs uh, fairly regularly on... Um, on counterfeit filter shipments because U.S. Customs is checking this quite a bit, a lot for trademark infringement and whatnot, but they'll send us pictures and we'll communicate. They're like, are these actually certified products? And we can give them our opinion, but of course they always have to go to the manufacturer. And I've heard just some horror stories of what can go into some of these products to, to the point, I think the worst one I heard was, uh, and I forget what kind of product it was, but there was supposed to be a carbon block inside this filter and they had cut it open and it was, styrofoam spray painted oh, black no, no. so you can imagine as a consumer if you're buying this bargain basement like you mentioned you get this you put this in your house and who knows what it a what it's going to look like in the cup of water but at the same time you just spent a bunch of money now you got to go buy another one anyways because it's just not working or it could be detrimental to your health right so a hundred percent when i buy any treatment system it's always, and what I recommend is you buy it through an authorized dealer or through the manufacturer themselves. There's really no point in risking the, your health over, you know, $10, $15 at the end yeah. of the day. So go for, go for who makes it, go for through the authorized dealer, and then just have that safety and peace of mind of you have the right product for your system. I heard I heard a, a horror story. Also, one of our guys was visiting a, another factory of another carbon block manufacturer and, and witnessed uh, a, a worker sweeping carbon up off the floor and and using those those sweepings uh in the manufacture uh, of a of a filter that's what's so that's what's so great about nsf visiting the factory making sure stuff like that doesn't happen yeah we definitely check for for all aspects of that so yeah.
Wow, we've uh, we've covered quite a bit here, Stefan. I, I feel like I'm I'm taking a ton of your time here. Anything else that you want to share with us about the importance of NSF or or, or uh, what's so great about NSF? Do you like working there? It's time? a great place to work. It's a great culture, great people, and at the end of the day, you know, we're here for the mission. You know, I like to think that, you know, the work that I do ultimately helps people that require, you know, safe drinking water. And so that and they can feel assured that they have that. You know, otherwise, I guess the only thing I'll say is that you know, prior to coming to NSF, I wasn't very familiar with the company, you know, even though it was probably around me everywhere that I went. And so what I would suggest is, you know, once you see our that NSF, that blue dot in one spot, you know, if you keep an eye out for it, you'll probably find it in more spots than you think. You know, we're everywhere in your house, health, dietary health supplements as well. We have certified for support, all sorts of stuff. So it's really worthwhile to kind of check out the website, uh, nsf.org, see what we have available and what you might be looking for. There's all our certified products across the board are on the website. So I encourage folks to kind of just check that out because you, who knows, you might, uh, you might be able to find products for your home and for your use that you didn't know were available that could be certified and, and give you that same peace of mind that a multi-pure water filter that's certified with NSF does, so. For sure. Well, thanks for saying that. Well, listen, Stefan, we really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for uh, for kind of giving us a peek behind the curtains here, what goes on with NSF and, and why it's so important. Sounds great. Thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it. You're welcome. So Stefan Buck is uh, General Manager of Global Drinking Water Treatment Units for NSF International, and we really appreciate your time. Be sure to check out NSF at nsf.org. Of course, you can find links to Multipeer certification through NSF on our website at multipeer.com. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok as well. And uh, listen, we're in the certification game for, for the long term, so we'll, uh, we'll definitely have more to hear, I'm sure, from NSF in the future. So thanks again, Stefan. Sure. Thank you. And thank you for listening to today's podcast. Remember, Multipeer is for life and for you. Goodbye.